What's up, guys? This is The Foul Territory. I'm Steve. I'm Cece. I'm Sean. And I'm Raj. Guys, we're in the all-star break right now, so let's just get right into it. The home run... home run derby was last night and Alonzo put on an absolute fucking show I love in the intro that Steve always finds a like an excuse to be like let's just get right into it <laughs> so Alonzo I, I'm gonna be honest I didn't I didn't watch it so oh, all really? you guys yeah uh, okay. I mean I knew from the start like he takes it way more seriously than everyone else it's so funny everyone else like they take like a round they start laughing like Pete Alonso in the interview was like, yeah, like I was focused. I was taking hacks. I, I was on pace. I was like, bro, oh my God, you're not running a fucking marathon. Well, he more than doubled his salary for the year after that one. Oh, that is true. That is true. But I mean, I think the one negative was that park was just so bad for lefties. And like everyone sees Soto, Tani, Gallo. Those were the guys you thought had like that go off potential and he got screwed, but it was still fun. Well, I think Otani was the biggest surprise. Not even because of he was a lefty and he was kind of getting screwed by that. More so just, like, it seemed like he couldn't – it took him, like, ten pitches each uh, time to find, like, the ball. Yeah, well, he so couldn't lift the ball. Yeah, he couldn't lift it. I mean, that was the best round, though, in my opinion, Soto versus – Yeah, it still was. That battle between Soto and uh, Otani definitely was the best round. But I think it was – I think we were all a little surprised. Like, everyone expected Otani to go off. Yeah. Well, he found that he found his groove. It started off bad though. Had a very anticlimactic ending with just the the ground ball, and that was it. Yeah. Soto hit the three, and then Otani shoots the ground ball. That's it. Well, yeah. and the Trey Mancini story was nice. Yeah. yeah was was see him go to the finals. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest example. Just like any righty, like Salvi hit like twenty seven. It's like okay, if you're a righty, you're gonna go off. If you're a lefty, you're fucked. That was it. Didn't Otani say before the derby that he'd never taken batting practice before? Yeah, but he did do home run derby in Japan. Okay. I thought he would be good, but it didn't work out. Still, if he, like, didn't know, like, how to do it, like, that's, like, half the battle. Right. So, like, that's probably why he did so badly. They also, they changed it from four minutes to three minutes this year, which I thought was fine. I didn't. I yeah, know. it didn't really affect it, in my opinion. Yeah. I do think they need, uh, the most complaints I saw was the broadcast. People were saying ESPN broadcast sucks. Well, it always does. It was bad. It was, like, offensively bad, though. Like, I was yeah, not happy with it. I didn't even realize, like, the camera angles people were complaining about, I didn't notice, but I could see that. If you want to see how far the ball goes, how far it really goes, and it kept cutting away to, ne- to the next pitch. I like the way they did They didn't really do it yesterday, but a couple – it might have even been, like, two or three years ago. They did where they had on the one side of the TV the guy hitting it, but on the other side just kept showing wherever the balls went. I thought that was actually a good way to do it. Like, that way you could see where the ball goes. And yeah. by the time he hits the next one, it shows where that one went. And then it could cut to that one. How, long, really is, uh, how long has Chris Berman not been doing it? It's been like five years or so. Yeah. Like that. I, 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 to listen to. I love I love when it was Chris Berman. I back, love back, Chris back, Berman. Back, back, back. Yeah, do people not like him? I thought that was like a universal. I, I think know. he just retired. I mean, I don't think he's with ESPN. Or he, he does, does he very does little. Still, doesn't he? He does. Oh, really? He's just doesn't he do Monday night? Monday night, like the. Like he just the does like a quick thing on Monday. Yeah, he's Monday not like a major part of ESPN anymore. Okay. When do you think they're gonna bring that uh bunting derby from the Korean league 
I was they just going to bring that up. It doesn't have to be bunting, but, like, they do need other shit. Like, like skills challenge or something like that. Like, yeah. three-hour home run derby, make it, like, an hour long and have other shit in there. It'll be fun. But here's the thing is, besides the bunt, what, bunting, what else would you bring in? It doesn't even have to be bunting. Like, make the it celebrity softball game was pretty good. I saw a part, like, highlights on that. Oh, that was pretty that. funny. Yeah. The, it could be, like, running competitions, fielding competitions. I don't care. Anything. Beat the freeze. Beat the freeze. You could do, like, uh, fucking who can rob a home run or some shit. That'd be a good one. I feel like just like a basic skills challenge like the NFL does would be so easy to do in baseball. Like catch these three really hard five, like diving catch plays, you know? The hardest thing is getting people to go. People would go. People, Yeah, you get youngsters, they'd go. Even if they don't, like the Pro Bowl, people don't go to like the skills challenge and stuff. Right. People watch TV though, like nothing else on. Right. Whatever, what I was thinking is like you know the you know I don't know if you guys ever played it but you know the game like defend the fence right you take like a section of fence and basically if you haven't played you basically take a section of fence and someone throws like short hops and ground balls and stuff at you and oh, you have to yeah, yeah, yeah. they hit the fence you could do something like that with fielders right you like you line them up on different sections of the fence basically just knock them out until you have one left what about dodgeball too oh yeah dodge- with baseball, baseball. Yeah, with baseballs. <laughs> Let's get fucking MLB starters whipping 98 base mile per hour fastballs at you. And why'd you do it like pitchers versus kids? <laughs> Dude, oh, that's another thing. They they still have kids in the outfield. They're literally launching like 110 mile per hour bombs. And yeah, they have like a 10-year-old like putting his glove out. Like 10-year-old. And they're like all running in front of each other. Like a kid can't even see the ball when someone runs in front. It's nuts i can't had to walk that kid off during alonzo's uh yes, that leg looks like his last round it was towards uh, the end yeah it was towards the end and alonzo was just like bobbing his head yeah <laughs> i took a break it was just a kid walking off the field yeah it was entertaining overall though i liked it you know i i honestly always liked the home run derby better than the actual all-star game yes for sure because it's, it's an actual skills thing like you you actually get to see bombs and stuff like that yeah all right, let's uh, let's move on. Next up is uh, just news having to do with the trade deadline. Uh, the Reds are now one of the hottest teams in the league, so there you go. Good job, Reds. But they need bullpen and rotation help probably going forward. So they're going to be buyers at the deadline now because they're red hot now in second place in that division. Also, going along with that, now the Cubs and the Cardinals are both sellers. The only right. problem. The probably biggest problem for the Cardinals is they don't have many things to trade. The Cubs, they have a lot of big pieces that if they want to really redo this shit, they can Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Kimbrell. Kimbrell's got to be gone. There's no Kimbrell, though, he has he's under contract for at least next year and maybe a year after that. Okay. And he's expensive. He's 16 mil a year. Oh, wow. So that's that's the one thing there. I think of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. They're all free agents, I'm pretty sure. You're not going to be able to keep all. You have to trade at least one. Which one? Bryant has the most value, I'd assume, right now. Rizzo's isn't terribly high. I was going to say, you give away the one you get the most for, in my opinion. Probably yeah. Baez. I think Baez, maybe. He's high ceiling. And he's the youngest. I think he's youngest, too, so you get more years out of him. True. I'd be more willing to give away Baez than Bryant. If you get a better pressure Baez than... That's even better. Brian's like he had that MVP year, but then he had a few not so good years, and now he's back this year. Like I don't know how much that's gonna get because he's had a few stinkers in there. 
Yeah. Well, it's also going to be what team needs him and what they're willing to give up for him. Like, also, yeah. I mean, that was the problem. They were trying to trade him in the offseason, and the mm-hmm. price is ridiculously high. Now yeah, I remember the Mets with a big team going after him. So, like, the price isn't going to go down because he's playing well, so it's going to be interesting to see. Rizzo, I don't know. Rizzo, I feel like, never gets involved in those like, trade rumors. Contreras, too, but I doubt they trade him. Rizzo's also kind of old, isn't he? Like, he's, like, in his 30s now. Early 30s, if... Up, it up. He's a first baseman. He could he could play well if he's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty-one. So yeah, that's fine. He's entering the end of his prime. Like no, really? I mean, like you know, it's like I think so. Yeah, like that's say, usually thirty-three is kind of like when people start. What like, old is he? I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. He's thirty-one. I mean, yeah, I that's like, he doesn't rely not, on that speed. You don't get you don't get those big contracts post thirty nine. They post thirty. Contract, but in terms of like trading for a guy, I mean, I guess it depends on how expensive he'd be to. Apparently, the Cubs offered four year eighty million, and he rejected it. Well, then I would not be giving him more than that. So, well, I could see him rejecting that. Oh, he's definitely wants more years than four, right? But I think at the end of the day, that's the best he's going to get. In terms of money per year? Contract, yeah. Money or any contract. I mean, I don't know who wants to sign I mean, a 32-year-old first baseman to, like, a five-year how contract. Old, how old is Hosmer? Well, that was a terrible contract. I hope people learn from that. True. I'm just, Hosmer, um, I think I think he's, like, early 30s, too, about the same age. I, I think he's, a, yeah, 32, 33. I mean, my guess. He's 31, so he was, he was 28 when he got signed. That's the – that's – you're getting three of the prime years, you know? Right. This is more like – I think the Springer deal is the closest, but Springer's a lot better, so. Yeah. And he got, what, six or five, 125, something like that? I think I got 150. Let me see. Was it six, 150 maybe? I think that's it, yeah. Okay. So that's a lot more, but I, I, Springer is just a better player, I think. And I think Springer was 30, whereas Rizzo will be 32 when he gets free agency. Yep. Regardless, I mean, that division's a mess. Like, three out of those three teams have big needs. I think the Reds – I don't even think – are the Reds that much better than the Cubs and Cardinals? I think the Reds are just getting hot at the right time. They've. I was looking at their actual win streak. It's a lot of very, very close games with, like, not big-name bullpen arms, like, saving them for them. They have the, a more complete offense. That's. They do, but, I mean, the pitching, like, Wade Miley, is he going to hold up? Uh Maybe their bullpen sucks ass. Maybe yeah. it's got hot now, but it's been a lot of like ex Red Sox actually saving them. It's Osich and uh, Hembry lately. Huh. They're both terrible. Amir <laughs> Garrett has a been shoving lately. So I made fun of Amir Garrett like two weeks ago. Has he picked it up at all? No, he's not in the closer role. There's certain other guys. It's just closer by committee, it looks like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nope. Amir Garrett still sucks. And then also deadline deadline stuff. The Blue Jays and the Yankees, I think they're tied as of right now. They're both kind of in this middle situation where you want to be buyers, but you don't know if you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I was <laughs> it's just a stupid Yankee fan moment. I was with my I was just with one of my friends that's a Yankee fan, and he said, um, I wish you could trade draft picks. This is the kind of year where the Yankees could have packaged some picks and gotten story. And I'm like, what? Well, <laughs> what? Well, 
that's not a good thing. <laughs> not only do you like story is not what this team needs. Also, like in what world is like a draft pick getting Trevor Story? Well, in the world that Trevor Story is in the Rockies, you never know. But well, I, I have heard I heard this as of this morning that the Mets and Yankees are both uh, linked to Story right now. Yeah, it's not. Why would the Mets get Story? That's Maybe. what I was thinking. I said if it was going to happen, it would be Danny? just because. But we have so many. I I don't know. Also, you guys just signed Lindor of like, you know, like, yeah, are you going to get Lindor years. and then get Story? This we're year? not going to sign Story. It would be like a half. I don't know. I mean, who is the guy for, who is the team for Story? There's no like immediate team that comes to mind for me. Tampa? Maybe. I mean, I think they're going to wait on Franco. I, I don't see him doing that. Um, so I think they're waiting. I think CC's right. I think they're waiting. They're the White Sox. True. I Tim Anderson really isn't that great of a shortstop defensively. That's why I'm saying move him to second. Yeah. Who and Madrigal's done, so who is who I don't even know who is playing second there. Moncada's not. Moncada plays third, doesn't he? I think he that was it. what a lot of people were saying, at least from a Yankees perspective, is move get rid of either uh a lot of people are saying get rid of Voigt, move Torres back to second where he's a better fielder, put story at short, move LeMayhew to first. And then Which sign could work. story. Whoop. And then sign story. Yeah, that's what they're. That's what the chatter I see on Yankees social media, which usually is retarded, but sometimes you see little gems in there. I think that I think it was it Sean. You sent it right. The Torres for Degrom. Oh my god. Oh, there were some brutal takes oh my years god. ago. There, there was a tweet. Awesome. I think it was before uh, Torres even got called up, and it was like, "Would you trade Torres for Degrom straight up?" And it was like. Every Yankee fan was like, no, you'd have to throw in more. Like, I'm not giving up Torres. He's untouchable. All, all these <laughs> awful takes. Bro, I pulled my, my favorite was DeGrom's washed up, has no, has maybe one good year <laughs> left in him. And I'm like, well, he's won like three Cy Youngs since you said that, you fucking idiot. Yeah. Bro, I saw that while at work, and I talked to my boss about it because he's a huge Mets fan. I was like, would you do that? And he goes, if the Mets do that, he's like, you'll see me hanging in the office. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> The um the, one of the best ones I saw was the one with we wouldn't trade Torres but we'd give up I forget the package exactly it was like Chance Adams Greg Bird Clint Frazier it was like embarrassing it's like yeah that'll be enough for the ground yeah I for the ground man I would take that in an instant <laughs> yeah obviously <laughs> I don't know I'd rather have Drury than the ground I think yeah, Drury it was the other name it's like I totally forgot the guy was like, even on the Yankees at any point. That's what I was saying. Like back when, like three years ago, when you guys were looking to deal in Duhar, it was like, oh, we'll just trade in Duhar and get, you know, Clayton Kershaw. We'll get trade in Duhar, get uh, take it to ground. It's fine. Like, guys. It could be done. <laughs> Not how that works. All right. Moving on. Uh, draft recap. We'll keep it brief. I just have a few picks I want to highlight. First one, Mayer, the Red Sox at four. Best player in the draft. Got him at four. That's great. Lawler at, to, Lawler at six, it's also a great pick. He is probably third or fourth best player, getting him at six. Rocker at 10 to the yep, Mets. Yep, yep, Okay. Oh, should we do Rocker now? You're going to have to sign him heavy overslot. We already did. A million and a half overslot. It, it already signed him? That's what I saw. So oh, that's really early, but a um, million and a half overslot, that's a lot. But maybe, maybe worth it in the long run. We'll see. Do you want to talk about him a little bit? Uh, I combed my pants so hard when it happened. Oh, my God. 
we can cut that out of the podcast, but Jesus Christ. I no, we're, we're leaving that in. Don't worry. We're leaving that I in. I screamed at the top, top of my lungs, bro. It was absurd. I I remember at like six, I was like, all right, like maybe we have a slight chance because there were so many guys left because everyone was going like out of order. Like what, the Orioles went under slot. The Royals went under slot. The Royals went like four million under slot. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like there's so many top guys left. And I didn't even care if we didn't get Rock. I mean, I wanted Rocker more than anyone else, but there were still other top guys. Brady House, 111. House, the guy that went to the Marlins. I have, uh, yeah, Watson went 16 to the Marlins. He's going to go heavy overslot, but that's a crazy like, steal, too. Went like fourth. It's insane. And so the Mets, I, I mean, the craziest thing is, I think it was Eduardo Perez, his name. He said that Rocker could be on the Mets roster for a playoff push. And that would be. Did. I did that. pushing I it. That. That's pushing it. I think Rocker and Lighter, I'd say, are both like they're going to go straight to Double A. I think next year, if they in the minors, they'll probably be up like from right now until the end of the year next year. I think that's Rocker and Lighter's ETA. Yeah, I mean it's just crazy. The the what I didn't even get excited was because I saw him there and I knew the Rockies were going to pass on him. Then I saw the Angels. I was like, that's just such a classic Angels pick. They get the elite. Like, you know, the hyped-up guy who's a pitcher, they need that. And then they take some random pitcher, and I was like... They took Bachman, who's going to be a reliever, but he's pretty good. I was like, holy shit. Also, the Angels, side note, took, what, how many, 20 pitchers out of 20? Oh, yeah, they didn't take a hitter. They took 20 pitchers. 19 of the 20 were college pitchers. They took one high school pitcher and 19 college pitchers. No offense. I like it. I like it. Oh, yeah, you got to do that. Because you got to think, if all 20 whiff, like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, just to finish, Rocker, that is the most – I've never seen a prospect more hyped in baseball, like for, for the Mets at least. Like, that's – like, I feel like the majority of the time like, the Mets draft someone, I'm like, okay, I'll see you in three years. Was it Syndergaard an early pick? For the Blue Jays. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right, Watson, 16 to the Marlins. I have um, – Gunnar Hogland was going to be a top 10 pick, but then had to get – Tommy John, he'll be ready for the next end year. He went 19 to the Blue Jays. That was right in front of the Yankees. Um, I do think the Yankees wanted him because he was meeting with them beforehand. Mm-hmm. Ty Madden went 32 to the Tigers. He's a t- he was going to be a top 10 guy. I don't know why he slid. He went to UT, UT Austin. Um, and then Fabian went 40 to the Red Sox, another steal. He was projected to go like 18. So the Red Sox went on over slot, first two picks. Uh, three more. Jaden Hill, 44. He went, he had um same as Hogland was going to be a top 10 pick, but then towards a uh, towards ECL, he'll be ready for the end of next year. Very good. I wanted to ask about this guy just because he may have a connection to one of the four of us. Matt Mikulski went to Fordham. Sean. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with this guy. Damn. Was he like, a? Uh, is he like a young college guy or has he been there for a while? He's been, I think he's a third. He's a junior there now. So yeah, I, you wouldn't know him. I don't know why you would. Yeah. Um, Steve, did you went, see the uh, the tweet about our guy, the guy the Yankees picked, Sweeney? Oh, I'm going to get to him. Don't worry. Okay. Mikulski went 50, uh, and then Baez went 54 to the Cardinals. He's also very good. Whiffs, I have the Royals going 3 million underslot when you have the seventh overall pick and have the chance to get a premier talent. I don't know what you're doing. Shout out. I was going to shout out Bachman at nine because I think he's the best reliever. And I like that the Tigers like, didn't give a fuck about what everyone else said and said, we like Job, we're taking him. I like when teams say, that is our guy. We want him. Because you can't trade picks like in football. Now, moving on to the Yankees. They take Underslaw on their first pick and their second pick, taking Sweeney, who was ranked 55. They took him 20th overall. 
There was a tweet. I don't know, Sean, if you, you can talk about the, that. The Astros tweet? Oh, I wasn't talking about – I was talking about the, the prospect, Sweeney. Oh, they, oh, yeah, that too. I know which one you're talking about, Roger. You're talking about the, his hitting, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, – I saw that, and I immediately was like, this is just prime 2021 Yankees. He does great on any ball that is not 93 miles or higher. Like I, I, 93 miles an hour and up, he's never recorded a hit. Yeah, which is not what you want to see from your first-round pick. Damn. So you can't call him up straight to the majors as another lefty bat. It's unfortunate. The tweet I saw, though, was uh, apparently he liked, liked a tweet back in 2019 right after the Yankees lost the ALCS, making fun of Chapman or something like that. It was Altuve called series it was like yeah. by, bar, by Barstool, and he liked it. I was like, oh, that's great. Um, and then the Yankees went oh, underslot in their second-round pick, Beck, who was the 100th best player. They took him at 55. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the strategy is there. Right. What's the- if you're going to go underslot heavy on the first, you're going to get – I thought they were going to go big and get Baez or someone or uh, Hill or one of these guys in the second round, and they went underslot again. So I guess they're trying to get a really deep draft, which I – I mean, this system is probably needs a deep draft rather than just like one star at the top. But I mean, I hope I, I don't have the rest of their picks. I hope their third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks are good. <laughs> well, we'll find I mean, out in five, six years. Yeah, yeah. I don't pay. I, you know me. I don't know prospects at all. That's not my area of expertise. So I can't really say much on the subject. I just saw that one tweet and immediately texted you guys. Ah, that's what you love to see. Like. I don't know. Also, what you love to see. Let's move on to Yankees misery. Um, which of the three really bad losses was like the most painful? This Houston one. For me, Houston at least. One. I don't know about Sean. Uh, so, what are the three? It's the Mets one, the, uh, the Astros one. The Angels one, and, one and then the Astros one. Man, so here's what I'm it's thinking strange. about the Yankees. Going into the All Star break, I. Again, I think this team could maybe make a playoff spot, not do much more than that. I just wanted to see them, like, actually compete against a good team. Seattle is not – they're over 500, but they're not – you know, a, a serious win against them is not going to, like, blow my mind. If I saw them sweep the Astros, I'd have a little bit of, you know, positive vibes going into this All-Star break. But to lose that badly, especially to Altuve, like, that's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. And have your bullpen blow it again. Here's – yeah, here is my train of thought with that is – I was already happy because we already won the series, which um, we're going to talk about it later, obviously. But I predicted last week, the last episode, we were going to lose uh, two out of three. So I was happy we won the series. And especially I was really happy on Saturday night, right? Cole threw an absolute dominant performance, right? Like he did it without sticky stuff. It was really encouraging to see. Sorry, I just this is a follow-up question to YouTube. Do you like that your starting pitcher can literally just say to the manager, no, you don't have a job, this is me? Like, I, I'll say personally, I, I like that, but, if, like, are you okay having a manager that is a beta to your uh, starting well, pitcher? Well, here's the thing is it's Boone, which we've kind of, talk, we kind of talked, talked about. Like, do we really expect anything different? Like, he's not a good manager. So, I also liked – like, you know, it was like a big Yankee moment, I guess you could say, for Cole. But anyway, but, uh, we'll, I will talk about that later. But what I want to say after is, and then we were winning that third game, going into the ninth five, by five runs. I was like, awesome. We're about to sweep the Astros. 
fuck these guys, right? Herman starts to blow it. I was like, all right. Then they bring in Chad Green, who now we've talked about. Chapman sucks now, right? We can't have him close anymore. Green is one of the two options we brought on to be our closer because he's been doing really well. He's a great reliever for us. To watch him blow it, and then not only blow it, but blow it to Altuve of all people was the most soul-crushing thing I had to watch. And the worst part was, is like five like minutes after that happened, then I got to watch England lose the Euros, which I was watching, and I was stuck I at work the entire time. Why did you for England? What? Because fuck Italy, bro. England was going to bring it home. Are you British? <laughs> no, but I'm white, so like, you know. So what is going on? I feel like you're closer to Italian than English, but all right. I don't know. I'm a mutt. I'm like a mixed. Let's player. not talk about soccer. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying, like, I mean, it, it just was. No, it I'm was just confused so... as to why is Steve rooting for England? That just confuses me. Also, because a bunch, I, you know me, I support Manchester United. A lot of Man United guys are on England. Aren't some on Italy too? No. No. Okay. No. But, uh, I mean, I was rooting for England. I mean, for me, I'm totally neutral toward England because I'm part British, which is pro England, and then I'm part Indian, which is negative England. <laughs> so like, it kind of cancels out where I'm totally neutral towards them. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't like them. I don't dislike them. England is just that's it's all right. No, I was, I was rooting for them more because uh, just because of the Manchester United players I like. They're all on the team. But uh, anyway, but no, it was just. It, it for me it was because Green was the one who blew it, who was one of our options as being the next closer, and it was Altuve of all people to do it. Though I want to point out, I was talking to Sean about this last night, that the one thing they kind of did that kind of fucked them a little bit was one of their excuses for why Altuve didn't rip off his shirt in 2019 was that he had an unfinished tattoo, but there was no tattoo on him when they ripped off his shirt after this one. So, it was you could see it was the tattoo got removed on the top. You could see it. All right, I didn't see that, but there was still, ink, there's ink, there's still like ink marks, but that's he had it removed. It was like up here. I saw that because I was thinking the same thing, and I was like going through the Instagram comments to see that, and someone was like, "That's what it looks like when a tattoo gets removed." On the gotcha. Top. All right, all right. Well, I don't know. It, I that was the most that was the most heartbreaking loss of the three. All three were terrible, but if I had to choose one that like killed me the most, that that was it. It's also just it completely ruins the momentum going into the second half of the season if you finish with a sweep against a really good team your bullpen looks good you know again there's a lot of good things to have going into the second half now again same problems same problems with the bullpen that too yeah it definitely whatever momentum we started to gain was definitely killed in that moment i would i would say the altuve one honestly not even because like i mean you guys obviously have more of a hatred not even because of that, but because the first two losses, you can kind of walk out of those and say, you know what, Chapman sucks. Like that's just that you can just blame it on him. You walk out of this loss and you're like, well, fuck. If Green sucks too, we're in big trouble. Like that's that's bad. That now we have to worry about Green too. I'm not at the point of worrying about Green because listen, everyone is gonna have some bad games. Unfortunately, it happened in that moment. But for the most part, even after the whole sticky substance situation. He's still been really solid for us, so I'm not too worried about him. I'm hoping that was just kind of like a, like a ah, fuck type of moment. But you are right. It is like that's the other thing. Is the other two, I actually blame Boone more than Chapman because by the time the Mets and Angels game happened, Chapman already proved he can't pitch the closing position anymore, and Boone put him in anyway. So like, 
I, you know, you can blame Chad and you can blame Boone for those. I don't know who you blame. Well, I know who you blame, but like, I don't know how worried to be about uh, this Astros closing. Now, again, Loisago was also put on the COVID list. And I think he's our, I think he's going to be our uh, interim closer while they should go shop for another one, or they may just try to make them into our closer. But who knows? Cashman also drafted someone who can't hit anything over 93 miles per hour. So I don't know what's going on over there. I got two more questions. One, was Judge adding the Astros with the jersey thing? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I I, yeah, I, I, everyone knew it. Especially his bullshit excuse after. I was telling the guys it was a little chilly. And like, what? He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's Next trying to be up. subtle with it. Next up, Ice was person. Altuve adding them by ripping his off when he got the home run? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think they were adding okay. each other. Which, I think they – I agree. I think it was both. That's a great way to do lie, it, though. I think it's good for the game. I think it brings excitement to the game. I think it brings attention to the game. I think it definitely draws in people, right, because now you have, like, an intense rivalry. You have people calling each other out. Baseball doesn't really have, like, a – like two teams that hate each other right now. Like the Red Sox and Yankees when they play, like it's it's still a rivalry, but it's just not. Like you know what it's I mean? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't have it doesn't have the same energy that it used to. And I think it just doesn't get the, the also the other problem is both teams haven't both been good in three years. Yeah. Obviously the Red each, Sox each sucked year, last year. And the Yankees do- were each good. year someone dominates the other. This year you're dominating yeah. us. A couple years ago we dominated you. So it's but not there hasn't good. I mean there hasn't been a fight in three years either between the two teams. Uh, no, hold up. No, Kelly, uh, Kelly Austin was 18. Yeah, no, you're right. Yep. So three Braves What's up? Braves Marlins. No, I'm saying Red Sox. Going between Red Sox Yankees. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying like in terms of any rivalries, like Braves Marlins hate each other. But it's so hard for the Marlins to have a rivalry because who is the face of that? Like, you know what I mean? Well, they keep changing their roster every like two yeah, years. Chisholm versus Acuna. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What? So, Acuna um, injured. We got to talk about yeah. that. Injury news. Sorry, Acuna. Very sad to hear it. Return ACL. Um, they say he could be ready at the start of next year, which is a good thing. Wow. Are you serious? They said eight months is the like the best case scenario. Yeah, okay. Which Again, that's a right right there. And as um we talked about Braves. Braves with medical stuff have that's not the thing is continues. <laughs> also, it depends on like, I mean, I personally you have Acuna under contract for eight years. I would maybe chill a little bit with that maybe have him out like or april may bring him back in june but this is it's just a tough loss like period yeah bad not only for the braves but for baseball yeah yeah i mean it's this is kind of like what i was saying the other day cc any any happiness in your body when you hear that no No. none okay just trying to get out like out you as a terrible person (laughs) <laughs> but like i mean i I'm, I'm sure there are some mets fans that are like oh oh my god no doubt yes but i i don't know the braves aren't like i the way i look at it this year if the braves are a threat to us we're not a legit contender anyway so fair enough who cares i mean, and just, then, uh, i don't think any other big injury news not really right no Cunha was the big one it's yeah. really just Cunha. all right Moving on, futures game. Just gonna shout out a few few like lines. Shane Baz was dominant. Last piece of the Chris Archer trade. Yep. He's gonna be electric. Dominguez, Jason Dominguez for the Yankees went over two. It's all right. He'll, he'll get there. Um, friend of the That's podcast. Miles per hour line drive though. 
friend of the podcast, Reed Detmers, was nasty. Had two strikeouts and one shutout, shutout inning. CC is that name not ringing a bell at all? <laughs> That's the guy that you highlighted like last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> How do you not Detmers? I, I somehow remembered that was CC's guy. Wait, he's an Angels Angels pitcher. Um, struck oh, out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he actually struck out a Met, and then um, the okay. offensive oriented catcher, the Mets' top prospect, Alvarez hit a home run. Uh, and then really like the most the most impressive person was Matt Liberator for the Cardinals. He had said. a one, two, three inning getting out Kalenic, the number four prospect in baseball, Rodriguez, the number five prospect in baseball, and Witt, the number seven prospect in, yeah. prospect in baseball. Get one, two, three, all of them out. The MVP of the game was Brennan Davis, two for three with two home runs from the Cubs. So that's just shouting out six players that had a good week. All right, moving on. Last week's series, um, Astros took two out of three from the Athletics. I think we all had that except for – We all got that wrong. Wait. No, we all got it wrong except for Sean. Oh, I had Athletics. I think think we all had A's two out of three. I I think I had Astros. No, because you said you like Bassett and Manea to win two. You're right. I did have A's. Yeah, and by the way, I said that too, and they lost both those games. The A's won. Yeah, it's, it's all right. So Sean's the only one that got that, right? Yep. And then no one got the Houston series, right? No. The Yankees, Houston. I was confused for a second. Yeah, none of us got that right. Oh, sorry. Houston's a bill. So Sean gets a point. We all stay the same. Steve is still at zero. <laughs> let's go. Right, so let's see up updated series. I'm at like three. And it's then zero, three. one, two, three. Awesome. Sean's yeah. Steve zero, CC one, uh, me one, CC two, Sean three. Yep. All right. This week there's – I, I, I want to include the all-star game just so I have a team to root for. All right. So, uh, all-star game picks. I'm going to go national league. Oh, reason. The reason I think Otani has been overhyped so much. There's no way he does well. Huh. Okay. But you so know what? I kind of, I kind of want to root for Otani. So I'm going to root for, I'll, I'll go AL. AL. I'm going to go with the same logic. I'm going to say NL because I want to root for the NL. But the starting lineups favor the AL. I don't know about the, the AL's lineup is stupid. Yeah. The AL starting lineup is better than the NL. I don't know about the depth, but. I don't know if Kevin Cash did this. Uh, has Kevin Cash is the, for the American League. Uh, he has Bogarts four, Devers, I mean, uh, Judge five, Devers six. Well, AL East, middle of the order. No, no, I like that. Uh, Judge is four, I think. Okay, then Bogarts is three because I know it's Bogarts, Judge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Devers. So okay. that's three, four, five. ALEC, he, he likes those guys. So I'm going to root for the American League, except for when Aaron Judge is hitting. There. All right. Anyone else? Steve, what's your pick? I want to. I'm going AL because of what CC said. AL lineup is just absurd. I think they're going to win. But apparently, I'm zero in all my guesses. So well, you that's why I'm going NL. That. That, fuck you. <laughs> that, that can't be a reason why. So you two are doing NL and me and are doing AL. All right. All right. I just wanted something to root for. We were gonna, I was going to do the home run derby also, but we can't do that because that's – I would have gotten that right. I would have picked Alonzo. I mean, I would have picked Alonzo. No, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Moving on to – we have three series for this week. It's kind of difficult because they haven't announced pitchers yet, which is very annoying. Uh, Red Sox-Yankees, four-game series at New York. Any opening thoughts from anyone? I'm going to go 
I'm gonna go opening thoughts. Yeah, opening thoughts does not mean prediction. It means what? any like thoughts before we get. All right. Well, my opening thought is my prediction. That was the first thing that entered my head. So I want to give my prediction. I can't <laughs> argue with that. Three one socks. I. Okay, so I think that I, I needed him. Uh, I think that the theory, like, we need to actually introduce it before you just fucking your prediction. I thought Steve did that himself. Series, four game series in Yankee uh, in Yankee Stadium. Um, Garrett Richards is not pitching, just good. He's got he's out of here, out of the rotation, so that favors Red Sox. Yankees have a little bit of momentum. Uh, Red Sox are stumbling. Uh, I don't know. I there's no way the Red Sox four game sweep because that's there's just, not no no way. There's not no no way, but there is like no way. Just because the four pitchers that are pitching are Rodriguez, Perez, Yovaldi, Pavetta. Of Rodriguez, Perez, and Pavetta, one of the three is going to get rocked. There's no way that all three of those can have a start and not get rocked. But also, but also the Yankees suck. Yeah. So I don't know. So that being said, now we can talk about predictions. Steve, you're not even muted anymore. Uh, no, I kept quiet. Uh, predictions, Steve? I'm going 3 1. Socks. I think you're right. I think that uh, I I don't think the Yankees are gonna get swept. I think they're finally gonna win one. But the Reds. Last time we played you guys at uh, I think it was Fenway. Uh, you guys were also stumbling a little bit. Yankees were on the upswing, and you guys just absolutely dicked us. So I'm not too too confident. Especially I do think that last loss against Houston definitely killed a lot of momentum that the Yankees were having. So. I don't know, though. I'm hoping I'm wrong on that one. But that's going to be my prediction. 3-1 Sox. Sean? Um, so, if we do a split, you have to guess at least one game and be right. I think that has to be like a tiebreaker. Okay. So I'm going to go cowardly. I'm going to go split. And whichever game Nestor is starting, I'm going to guess as the one we win. Just for the memes. Okay. Like Cortez has been pretty good since he started. For, I think the four-game series, if you just say a split, that's fine. Yeah, I was going to say because I was going to It's only the two-game the two game series that's unfair because the split is, like, so likely. Right. I'm I think four-game four game series, it's fair just to say split. Yeah. All right, then I'll just go split, and if I get the Nestor prediction right, then – Nice job. Oh, CC will suck your dick or something. CC, let's, let's hear it. I'm going split. I think the Yankees are going to stick around a little bit in the second half, just – well, I hope that, like, a month in, the Yankee fans get their energy back, and then that's when they finally, like, get Thanos snapped out of existence in this league. But You can't uh, say that. You don't watch Marvel films. You cannot use that reference. Pick I, something else. You see it Infinity War, at least. Yeah, did I use it right? Yeah, you did. Okay. You did, but you're not allowed to. All right, shut Speaking up. of which, not to get on too off topic, has anyone seen Black Widow? No, but her daughter goes to my camp. Scarlett Johansson's daughter? Yes. Oh, what? <laughs> yes. Also, I'm just gonna say this now because for legal reasons, this conversation didn't happen. But um, I'm going. There's a party on Saturday that I'm going to, and Steve Carell's daughter will be there. No way. I'm working Saturday. You three are all invited, by the way, if you want to come. How old? Is all right, she? I'm getting. I'm trying she's to. Sorry, she's she's college friends with one of my friends, and my my friend is having a party, and she's one of his college friends that's coming oh, to the party. Oh. I'm calling. So, this okay, fuck it. That's <laughs> wild. That's wild that yeah. that's going to happen. But also, yeah, has anyone no one seen Black Widow? Because I don't know if I should see it or not. Is it going to be good? I heard it's the worst James Bond. Okay. I heard it's like 
good, but it's more, it's like, I don't know. I heard it's like the more like the earlier Marvels where they're more just action films and like, you know, any actual like storyline. You know what I mean? But Scarlett Johansson's really hot, so it may be worse. That, that is a huge plus. Like, that is right. a big factor. All right, moving on. I'm going, I'm going to go split as well because I just don't have faith in Rodriguez, Perez, or Pavetta. And I just think, like I said, one is probably going to get rocked. So they probably lose one of those three. And then in the other three games, like some bullshit. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the feeling of the series in Yankee Stadium. So I'm, I'll go split. Next series is Astros, White Sox. Uh, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By the way, Yankee fans and Red Sox fans, we can talk about this. This bullshit that they own the Red Sox and Yankees only get three days and everyone else gets four. Yeah, on Thursday, the only game is Red Sox Yankees. There's no other baseball game except for Red Sox Yankees on Thursday. That's yeah, they did that for they did that for viewership reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's an, they made they made an ESPN game. It's going to be the most watched game of the year probably because there's no other game on. If you're a fan of baseball, you that's the only place to go. But that's ridiculous that those two teams only get whatever. Astros White Sox three game series this weekend. We do know who's pitching for the Astros. It's McCullers, then Odorizzi, then Valdez. White Sox haven't announced yet. Um, I mean, I've kind of gone on the record that I think the Astros and the White Sox on paper, I think are the best team. And I think the Astros in reality are the best team. Right. So this is two powerhouses. Anyone else got thoughts on this? Uh, I remember the last time these two teams met, Houston swept them, I'm pretty sure. But that was when they were like red hot. I really like the A's. I, I don't want the Ashes to be good anymore, but they are. So, I don't know. The White, I mean, the White Sox just have no pressure on them. They're eight games up at the All-Star break. But, I don't know. I think this uh, could go either way. I think it's kind of like what we said before. Like, White Sox are a powerhouse team. Ashes are a powerhouse team. I think it can go either way, but fuck the Astros. I'll see if I take a fucking shit on your dome, so. so. Yeah. That was All right. Predictions? Uh, someone else go first. I'll go Stros oh, 2 3. I was going to go Astros 2 3 as well. I just think they're the better team right now, and I I, I don't know. I like them. I think they're the best team. I mean, this series could go Yankees, though, which is tough. I'll go White Sox 2 out of 3. The Astros look a little shaky against the Yankees outside of that crazy comeback. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with CC. I'm gonna go White Sox two out of three. Again, okay. Astros look. You listen. I'll be the first to admit. Yankees are not a good team this year, and the Astros did not look good against them. So. So me and Sean have Astros. You guys have White Sox. Yeah. All right. Last yeah. series. This is the worst series, but um, now that the Reds are hot, kind of have to pay attention to them. Uh, Brewers, Reds basically first place in the NF Central. Three-game series. We don't even need to talk about it. We can just do picks. Well, the Brewers are going to sweep because they probably have their starters rested. If they go one, two, three in that rotation, that's it. I don't know, though, because Burns and Woodruff are both in the All-Star game. Oh, shit, yeah. But Peralta's <laughs> not. So if you go Peralta oh, Peralta Friday, is now. Oh, he they, is? They have all three in. Okay, so no, no they way probably – I mean, mathematically, one of them has to pitch. Yeah. I'd say two probably end up pitching. I'd say the Friday game, they'll probably go with someone else, though. Okay. I'll say Brewers sweep. Okay. I like Brewers sweep, too. I think the Reds, their hot streak is kind of shaky just because it's been a lot of close games. I don't think that's going to carry over in the second half. Brewers sweep. Steve? I'm going to go Brewers. It's a three-game series, right? 
I'm gonna go Brewers two out of three. Okay. I think no I one think they're no. gonna win the series, but I don't think they're gonna sweep. I'm gonna I'll go Brewers two out of three then. That's fair. I think the Brewers are better. I like the Reds though. I do like the Reds. They're fun. The team Red team Red continuity. Did you guys see that? To vote for the All Star team. Oh Red yeah. Sox and the Reds teamed up. And said, Reds oh, yeah. fans vote for the Red Sox. Red Sox fans will vote for the Reds. And it kind of worked. So, that's good. Hot takes? Uh, okay. I don't know. This is more like an unpopular opinion. Or I don't even know if you guys feel about this. But the, what is it called? The Celebrity All-Star Game. They had like a more young uh, celebrities, like TikTok personas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you go off the MLB Instagram comment section, people were not happy. And I was arguing that Look, who gives a shit about the Celebrity All-Star Game? I think it's good to get younger, albeit maybe cringy, according to some people, people uh, in the game. I don't really care if it, it adds exposure to the game. I think that's fine. I mean, who gives a shit about the Celebrity All-Star um, Game? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I totally forgot the Celebrity All-Star Game was a thing. So I didn't even know what's happening until I saw, I think it was like Quavo struck out uh, Metcalf or something like yeah, that. Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf. And That's what I like. Is it's just for fun stuff like that, yeah, 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 random yeah. at bats. I like, think Jojo Jojo Siwa pitching to DK Metcalf would be hilarious. So like, I'm okay with having like those differing people. Right. Like, if you I, actually I get actually like upset by too. the matchups or the players, like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. What is if you commit you energy to the celebrity All Star game, your priorities yeah, are out of whack. If you have enough time to really be complaining about that, please reevaluate your life. Yeah, I mean, I could argue that maybe there was a lot of them. Like, there was a good amount of TikTok people there, but who cares? Like, well, listen, here's the thing is, as cringy as TikTok is, it's also the big thing right now. Exactly. So even though we're not on it. We're old heads. Yeah. <laughs> we're 20-year-old old heads. But, yeah, even though we're not on it, obviously a lot of the younger generation is. So, and you want to, you know. That's who the game is for. Audience. Yeah, you want to get the younger audience. So definitely a smart move. One of the few smart moves that MLB has made recently, but you Jeff, I have my I don't know how you guys are gonna take five. Mine is there are I probably can name more, but just off the top of my head, there were nine guys that I was listing that I would take over Otani to start a franchise. And the way that the media has been talking right now, I don't think oh, that that is. I there's no way that's true. Let me hear. Okay. It. I said Acuna. This, I, this was before the torn ACL, but I still, I still agree. Actually, I may still take him. So I have Acuna, Tatis. I'd rather have Soto, Vladdy, Trout, Betts, Degrom, Bellinger, and I, the last one's a stretch. I'd rather have Bieber. Okay. Um, how old is Otani? He's like 26. 26, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Cause like a lot of the guys you mentioned early on were like 23. Like those are the obvious picks. I don't the, the know. Ones, uh, uh, so the, the ones that are, you, you I don't think anyone's going to debate Acuna, Tatis, Soto, Vlad. I, and, I could, I think a lot of those guys, you named, you could go either way on. Like, but here's the thing the, 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 the back half of the list, you can argue. Trout, I just think. I know I'm going to get six years of best elite production, and I'll take it. I'm fine with I'll take it. Uh, DeGrom is kind of the same same mentality. I know I'm going to get at least four or five years of domination, and I'm okay with that. And from a starting pitcher standpoint, I'd love it. Bieber, I thought, is just as young and I think is just as promising. But I'm more worried. The the main story here is I'm more worried that there's just no way Otani keeps us up. 
Why not? Going to be my hot take. Because there's just no way that like someone can do this for extended period of time. Look well, at his the- last his last two seasons. He couldn't. He couldn't. I think injuries are going to become a concern, and I think as he gets older, it's going to become a concern. I just there's no way. It's just yeah, like, that's the worries. Too good, like, too good can you sustain it? Couldn't you say the same thing for Tatis, Vladdy? Like, but I think he- I've seen I've seen position players at 22 light it up and then be at least like, I mean, like bets. They'll slow down a little bit naturally, like Trout, like all that thing. I just – they're an A-Rod even. Like, there's players that can be good for a very long period of time when they're positions players, and, like, they have comparables. I actually – this actually, this should have been my hot take. Um, if we're doing, like, an MLB draft, fantasy draft, like, for the future, Vladdy's my number one pick. I was going to say, I think if I did it, I'd take Vladdy and then Otani too. Because, okay. I mean – Otani, you get a, a solid starter, and he's hitting – isn't his OPS over 1,000 right now? Yeah. Maybe, but there's no fucking – like, look at his last – like, there's no way. I mean, there's I, just no way. I, well, I, you have to get in terms of fantasy. Fantasy, you're going points. He gets you points as a pitcher and as a batter. No, I'm thinking. not even thinking about it. But, no, but, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I think you are right. I don't think he's going to sustain it. But well, you're right. The first, like, four or five guys you named, absolutely – I think you definitely make an argument for some of the later ones. I, I think, think the, the biggest use is his, is his double threat. He can be a pitcher and he can be a hitter. Okay, so here's just the, the last two were Bieber and Betts. I think those are the two closest. Betts got a 12-year, $365 million contract, and the, the consensus was that it was a good contract, right? I disagree, but the consensus is that it's a good contract. Right now, at this moment, are you comfortable signing Otani to a 12-year, $365 million contract? I'm no. giving whatever he wants. Oh, you would no. give him twelve year, three sixty five million. I'm with Raj. I'm not going to give him that. We've already I'm not seen him get that. hurt and still hit, and he's an elite hitter. So like he, he hit one eighty last year. I had him in fantasy, but he, he could get power. Hit. I don't know, no, but he could still physically hit while being injured. So if he can still hit and he gets like a shoulder injury, then that I think that limits a lot of the concern. Okay, but. I do not understand. Like Mookie Betts is a lot more valuable than a DH that is good at hitting alone. Right, but that's under the pretenses that he can't pitch, but he can. But he, there's like his elbow, especially because also thinking he's a lefty hitter, his pitching arm is exposed, which is not I don't like, not a big fan of. Um, right. I also like this is also personally I don't think he's as good of a pitcher as most people do. Right now he has like a three four ERA, which is like it's not bad, but it's not like stupendous. It's not like yeah. you know. Three four, I think he also just he just destroyed the Red Sox, which they I don't know what they were doing. There were a lot of meatballs that they should have hit. I just I I grade him lower as a pitcher, and then as a hitter, I think he's elite. But as a DH exclusively, you see like that that, that there's just not as much value in that, especially in like the way WAR calculates it, and especially how if you're going to be a DH, the expect expectation nowadays is 20, 30 home runs at least. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, I bet 12 year 360 million. Or I am not comfortable in any way giving that to Otani. No, I agree with you on that. I don't, I would not give Otani that at all. But Vladdy, you were. Right now, Vladdy, I, there is literally like scouts that have been analyzing his game. There are no holes in his hitting approach. Right. He can hit for contact, he can hit for power. He has a great two strike approach. He can go the other way. He, there's no holes in his offensive game. And I know what I'm getting. He's going to be an offensive producer for 10, 15 years. That's just what he is. 
I feel like his career is going to be a lot similar to like Miguel Cabrera. He's going to be like a exactly. stud throughout yeah. his 30s I, and like 36 he'll fall off. I think it, it, Miguel Cabrera is a great comp, I think, for him. I know he's going to hit. He's going to give me – he'll play first base. He'll be fine. I think Vladdy's actually probably be better defensively than Miggy. He's got, he's got pretty good instincts, but I know I'm going to get a masher for 10, 15 years. Otani, I'm so worried about injuries. So well, also, extra, I've heard the extra exposure. Think about how like worried you are about starting pitchers getting injured. Now go have him hit as well. Like it's just so hard. I could see that argument. I mean, I think the main thing it comes down to is that there's more mystery with Otani. Yes, you're not, and I I just want to. It's it would be so sick because we missed the best years of Ichiro, and he was ridiculous. And obviously, they're not very similar at all. Just the fact that an international player came up hyped and he dominated the league. It's so sick to see. And I don't know. I just hope he keeps it up. I mean, I don't know how the Yankee fans are going to feel like this, but I feel like Tanaka was what they got. They got their money's worth. For sure. He was, he was, he was maybe not a star, but he was. He was solid throughout. Very good. What, except for his last playoff run. The other playoffs that he played, for some reason, he just went to like some zone where playoffs he was a monster. And he was always solid in the regular season. I never had complaints against Tanaka. Also, I'm just bringing this up because we're talking about Otani. How do you feel about uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, saying that Otani can't be the face of baseball because he uses an interpreter? Stupid. All right, good. Like, I think I think the better, the most important take about this, the Red Sox barstool guy said, is who, who when has Stephen A. Smith's like opinion on baseball ever mattered? Like, he is, like, like that's literally just, like, one of us saying that. Who the fuck cares what Stephen A. Smith has to say? Yeah. It, it, Why does that have any weight? Also, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. half the stars of your game require, like, tra- like interpreters and stuff, like, because they speak Spanish or they speak Japanese and Otani. Like, it's not a – it's an international game. Like, and that's kind of that's kind of what the game needs, right? It, you Everyone talks about, oh, we need to get viewership up. We need to get viewership up. You have these international players who are going to spread the game to their own countries and stuff. Yeah, what Japan's a huge market. Like, exactly. If you can get people interested in MLB in Japan, like, that's huge. Exactly. What the fuck do you mean? Like, especially now, right, he's a monster at the plate. What do you mean he can't be the face of baseball because he requires an interpreter? Like, I don't know. That was a just like, recordation for me. I, don't, I also don't think Otani's face of baseball. I still think it's Tatis. I would say Tatis. But regardless – like i just we've I seen tatis before like, or, it just doesn't make sense to me like no i mean why is said, that a, why is that a problem at all also trout, by the way otani does speak english i mean my argument is gonna be like trout speaks perfect english and the guy if you avoid the spotlight that's all that matters if otani's cool with the spotlight he'll get the spotlight it has nothing to do with his ability i mean who cares about baseball it's all about the play on the field it has nothing to do with personality really no one's like i mean like the the face of baseball Period. I think if you think of baseball, the first per- person that people think of is Babe Ruth, who is like the worst human being ever. Yeah. Like I think, I, I think that 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 I think that's more of a negative than doesn't speak English. Yeah, I'd say Ken Griffey oh. was the last legit. Yeah. Face. There have been years where like certain have taken it, yeah. but the last major face of baseball was probably yeah Ken Griffey. It's good to see. I mean, that's what the story should be. It's good to see that baseball has a face. Like, I don't know. I feel like Bonds was hated, but he was like, that's all. Yeah. Like, if we, if our podcast was during Bonds's run, I feel like half of our time would just be talking about him. Yeah, like he was so noteworthy, so like that. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, he was also same as just hated. Yeah. I, mean, we, I, I just want to get this on record that Babe Ruth killed his wife and no one cares. No one cares. He married a 16 year old when he was older. And then three, like four or five years later, he wanted to get a divorce, asked the wife for a divorce. She said no. Three days later, uh, the wife died in her when her building burned alive. Burned alive in her building, which was lit on fire. Clearly, Babe Ruth did that, and no one cares. It's the Yankee way, baby. I, he was a Red Sox at the time, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, 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 wait, what was that? What was it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Your your closer is a complete is a oh yeah. No. Closer's a wife beater. Her mom loves beating his girlfriend. You have no you have no legs to stand on whatsoever. No, we don't. I know it's just funny because okay. he, he tried to talk shit like, oh, that's just Yankee fans for you, and it was while he was a Red Sox. But fans. They're only three and a half games out of a wild card spot, and the team they're behind is Oakland. They play them 13 times the second half of the year, Ooh. so they have a lot of uh, – Do you have a guy in mind? So they have a lot of – the guys they could give up, they have a lot of young prospects. And, again, they're overperforming right now. Give up one of those guys for a hitter because they have the worst offense in the AL, like in every category now. And, I mean, we were just talking about Chris Bryant. Uh, a guy they have a weakness at second base so a guy like Frazier from Pittsburgh he would be a good fit for that team just make a move like just trade one of those mega prospects make a huge move and just like surprise everyone and just go for it they could get uh JP Crawford to Colorado for Trevor Story I did that in an instant that guy is so overrated JP Crawford he's a good defensive shortstop he doesn't walk a lot he's like a glorified Billy Hamilton in my mind He's also, like, one of their three, like, decent hitters on the team. That's how bad their offense is. I, like, they need help everywhere. If you could get Trevor Story for that guy, and they, they have money to spend. They spent a shit ton on Robbie Cano that one time. And, mm-hmm. what, Nelson Cruz? But, I mean, if they could they sign – They spent money. They could sign Trevor Story. That would be sick. You know how much they signed? They have Kikuchi for 17 mil. I didn't know he was that big of a wow. signing. He's been good, though, right? No, it's worked out. He's been very good. I think it's like four years, 66 mil. She's like, okay. I don't remember that being signed ever. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Um, wow, Bogarts is so hot. All right, anyone else have hot takes? I have a hot take, and I think I you guys are actually going to hate me for it. Um, th- thank you for that, Raj. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Otani uh, or Guerrero wins AL MVP this year. What? That's just, that's just a wrong take. Well, right, who is it? Do you have someone in mind? No, I do not. But here's my reasoning. Wait, what? Here's my reasoning. I don't think Guerrero's going to sustain what he's doing for in the second half of the season. And I don't think Otani, with his stats right now, right? He's a good home run hitter. I'm not taking that away from him. But his pitching right now is like a 3-4. So kind of average. And he's not really kill. Like, he's got a great OPS. But his other he, hitting stats. He's the league in slugging. Like He's number two in OPS, Steve. Yeah, all right. I I just don't think he's – I don't think it. That's why it's a hot take. I, but I, I, just I just don't think it. Okay, but I feel like when you say that, you need to name the guy that's going to be there. Cedric Mullins. It's going to be Cedric Mullins' second half oh, resurgence. Cedric Mullins wins. wins oh, that thing is, you need – if one of Vladdy and Otani is not going to get it, they need to get injured because uh, Vladdy's numbers are so good. If he hits 800, he has an 800 OPS the rest of the season, which he's going to have at least that. He finishes the season with like a 980. Like it's so crazy how good he's been that like he needs to slow down at a colossal pace 
or he needs to get injured. Also, added onto that, either I'd say the other candidates are Correa, Mullins, Bogarts, and Devers. That's according to All Sports News. Best IG account, good follow, by the way. Those four are the runners up right now. One of those four guys is also going to need to have a super good second half. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying just like at this moment in time, it's so likely that it's going to be one of those two. I'm not going to lie, Raj. You know who, out of those guys you named, you know who I would pick to beat those two? I think you'd be happy. I think Bogarts. I think Bogarts, if he has a stellar second half of the season, which I think is very possible, I think he makes a serious run for MVP. I so have I have this with you. Sorry, Sean, just one point. No problem. Bogarts right now is moving this way and Devers is moving this way. Somehow they switched gloves and Devers is now like, I think four defensive runs saved and Bogarts is like negative 99. Um, Devers is now the better, like a very, like a, his defense is now a plus. And that way to go along with his offense, which has been ridiculous. I think he has the better chance. You can, I mean, we can agree to disagree, but I just don't see it. So I have the odds in front of me. It's as of July 1st. I'm not sure if these have been updated, but it doesn't really matter. So Otani Guerrero runaway favorites. Bogarts is third at plus 4,000. So he's got quite the jump. Also has a, Yermin Mercedes at plus 20,000, 200 to one. Kelenich is on this. Some interesting names. Who's like four, four, five, six? Like who, who is it? Uh, Trout, Olsen, Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Okay. Trout's was, a joke. Yeah. yeah Olsen, I can see. Hurt for two years or two months. What am I saying? Olsen I is, I, think, I would say, is third best. I have problems with all these. The only thing is I have problems with all these guys, you know? I can't see Olsen winning an MVP with a batting average of like at 200. I just think that the old heads that vote for it. Mullins, I think, plays for the Orioles. That may just be a disqualifier right there. Bogart's Endeavors, I watch every day. They don't, they're not going to be able to put it together the rest of the season. Uh, Jose Ramirez, no. Yerman, no. I just, I just can't see it not being. Olsen's hitting 282. Is he actually? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's just not going to keep it up, though. That's the thing. And even if he does, that's not that might not be enough. Like he's had a Vladdy, great like Vladdy is the best power hitting hitter or second best, we'd argue him versus Otani hitting uh player in the league, and his batting average is like 350. Like he also like he's in like his numbers are we can argue if he's gonna keep it up, is ridiculous to the point that there's only so much damage he can do over 70 games. Dude, Olsen has an OPS of 938. Vladdy's OPS is 250 points higher. Like, how? Ridiculous. No way. That's bad math. He's 150 points higher. 150 points I was about to say, there's no way. <laughs> Still, though, like, what the fuck? That is just... It would take, it would take an unbelievable story back half of the year. That's all I'm going to say. Or injuries. Yeah, that's kind of the unfortunate Because his OPS is absurd in pitches. Like, that's... It's going to be oh. Otani because the media. Period. Like Vladdy's got more forward. pressure on him to keep it up. Because if Otani has a slower second half and still pitches decent, like that's a shoot. Also, everyone's comparing him to Babe Ruth. So all the old heads who vote for it are gonna be like Babe Ruth and then vote for him. Yes. Good job. Is that everyone's hot take? I believe so. Yeah, I think that's everyone's this is hot. I have to say our best week of hot takes by far. More hot takes. We actually had them, but they were good. All of them. Wow, way to be, boys. We actually had mine, which everyone disagreed with. <laughs> no, I, I don't – I do disagree, but <laughs> I don't think that, like, 
this is what I was expecting when we started doing the pod with hot takes. I didn't think anyone would ever agree with anyone's. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was going to be somewhere where you can say something that truly you only believe. Mm-hmm. Steve, you're an idiot, but you, at least you said what you truly believe. It benefits him in the hot take Good. department. Yeah. <laughs> I may be oh for, I may be oh for like five or whatever in series guesses, but I'm one for one in good hot takes. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, hitters to highlight. I, uh, my choice, Dark Horse for MVP. And you're going to say, what the fuck? Joey Gallo is having an insane year. He has the second highest walk rate in the league behind Grandal. Like he's been good. absurdly good. He's slashing 239 batting average, which that sucks, but 402 OBP and then slugging 540. He is 24 home runs, which is on track to hit 44 on the year. The thing that like is crazy to me is you think Joey Gallo, oh, a lot of power, but nothing else will strike out. His defense is like not bad. It's like positive at least. And then also his OBP right now is higher than Bogarts's, Freeman, Mullins, Judge, and Trey Turner. Like his OBP, he's getting on base more than those guys. And then he has the lighthouse, the lighthouse, the light tower power to go along with that. So I think he's my dark horse MVP, dark horse MVP candidate. Thank you for saving my fucking fancy team, which is terrible. Joey Gallo, what do you mean? Uh, I'm going to go with Pete Alonzo. You know, he did his thing last night. He finished off the all, uh, the last week of the All-Star before the All-Star break hot. He hit a home run when I was at the game, which was sick. I mean, I think he's going to be a big part of the Mets' run in the second half if they do go on one. So hopefully he keeps it up. I don't know. Mets are hot and cold all year, but – Alonzo has been heating up the past couple weeks, so they need that. Like they've literally had no one, mm-hmm. and it's scary because like the Mets have such an ex- not a super expensive but pretty expensive, and there's not like an immediate guy where like oh there's a huge hole there. Just a bunch of guys that are playing worse than they should, and finally Alonzo is one of the guys stepping up into his actual role because like Lindor hasn't, McNeil hasn't, Conforto hasn't, James McCann hasn't, Dom Smith hasn't. So you need guys. Somewhat unrelated, but Conforto's a free agent at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. What are the chances he stays with the Mets, and what do you expect his contract's going to be like? Like, what's he going to well, get? I was hoping we trade him, but now he's playing like shit, so you're not going to get value for him. Uh, I mean, the reasoning I have with Syndergaard is like keep Syndergaard now that he's going to be cheaper. Maybe that ends up happening as Conforto now. I don't know. I'm not giving him a lot because I love Nimmo. I think we signed Nimmo to like a seven year extension. Uh, Conforto's so hot and cold. It kind of feels like a Zach Wheeler type free agent where the Mets, I mean, but that's a different ownership, so I don't know. I think some team is going to f- see the potential in Conforto and go all in, and I don't think it's going to be the Mets. So I play, I was playing MLB The Show, and it, I was sitting through a year and just wanted to do a free agency with the Red Sox. Conforto in that game was asking for 21 mil a year for five years. And the other name you mentioned, Syndergaard isn't injured in this version. He actually pitches in this year, and he gets seven-year 210, 30 million a year. And yes. I was like, what the fuck? But that's why we got to lock up Syndergaard, because if he played this year, we would have lost him. I think there's a good chance we lose Stroman too, but I don't know. I think keep Syndergaard, maybe lose Conforto or Stroman, one of the two. I'd rather keep Stroman. Stroman, right. luckiest pitcher in the MLB so far. I could see that. He's his his ERA and uh, it's like XFIP. It's not like actual FIP. It's like deep analytics is like double his ERA. Apparently, like his ground ball rate is uh, well. He like, 
he gets destroyed on that because he doesn't strike anyone out. He had zero yes. strikes the game. Also, the Mets have a good defense, too. So, like, yeah, surprising. That helps. Yeah. Well, Lindor is the best, arguably sure. the, one of the best in the game. That I mean, shortstop's the most important position. Yeah. Sure. All right. Sean? All right. So, the hitter I wanted to highlight is David Fletcher. Uh, he has a 24-game hitting streak going into the All-Star break. He's hitting 439 in that stretch. But he's the biggest wild card in the MLB, like offensively. Everything the league is trending towards, he does the opposite of. <laughs> so I was taking a look at his baseball savant, and he's just like the definition of a contact hitter. His walk rate is fourth percentile, so he never walks. Strikeout rate, 98th percentile, never strikes out. His chase rate is 39th percentile, so he swings at pitches out of the zone more often than the average major leaguer. But his whiff percentage is 100th. He is the best at not swinging and missing, and he swings out of the zone. So he just makes contact with everything, and basically his at-bats don't last long enough to end in either a strikeout or a walk. He's just like the king at putting the ball in play. What's he, his exit uh, when he's, It's 45th, for, so it's like okay. average. But another interesting thing is that each season of his career, he hits the ball to the opposite field more often like than the previous season. And his split right now, it's 35% to right field, 28 to left. So he's pulling the ball less than often than he does opposite field. And he's a good defender and he has good speed. He's just not the traditional ball player in 2021. Uh, my hitter that I'm highlighting uh, oh, is Brandon Crawford. Over the last 15 uh, games he played, over oh, the last 15 days, the games he played, he has been hitting 477 with an on-base percentage of 500, which means every other at-bat he's getting on base. Um, and, you know, he he's also on San Francisco, which, as we've talked about, has been a surprise team this year, been doing very well, and he's been a huge part of that. So, yeah, I just wanted to highlight him real quick. And then Crawford. Everyone thought – I mean, I, that guy just continues to make no sense to me, but good for him. I made a shortstop's tier list last year, and Brandon Crawford was the only person I put his F. <laughs> I mean, dude, he makes no – like, how did that just happen? At 34, he just found a swing. He, yeah, he was literally – like, even in his prime, was not a good offensive shortstop. And now he's declining defensively. He's still decent, but, like, it doesn't make any sense. Steroids. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, Steve, you want to open the pitcher? Yeah, uh, as a Yankee fan, I'm going to say it. I'm going to highlight Garrett Cole just because uh, returns to Houston, right? Throws a nine-inning shutout, three hits, 12 strikeouts. Um, thank you, Raj, for flipping me off. Uh, no, listen, it was a great, it was a great outing from him, and he. I, I liked it more because a lot of the haters against him, which rightfully so, the past couple of weeks he deserved it. We're talking like you know, oh, he's not getting his strikeouts, he's letting up too many hits, and and he kind of proved that he can do it without sticky stuff. Now, I want to see him do it more consistently, but it is definitely an encouraging sign, especially for those people who have been saying that he can't do it. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see more of that in the future. I'd say he can't do it. It's just like, yeah, for $36 million, I hope he can pitch. Just me. I need to throw a few more complete games to make up that uh, dollar amount. All right, so uh, my pitcher, another Seattle player, uh, Logan Gilbert, absolutely shoved against the Yankees uh, last week. 
So he's a rookie. He's going to count as my rookie as well, my rookie shout-out. Uh, seven scoreless. He had one base runner, retired 18 straight to end his start. Um, and it was also like the Mariners got absolutely shelled the two games prior, and he just came in and made the Yankees offense look terrible. And he was basically just throwing a 96-mile-an-hour fastball like right down the middle and just saying, you cannot hit this, and the Yankees didn't. So seeing a you rookie, you will never get this. You will never get this. <laughs> but you know, seeing a rookie pitch with that much confidence, and he has really good command too. He doesn't walk mad. It doesn't walk much. Uh, good to see out of a young pitcher. Again, Seattle's got that youth movement going right now. Okay, I'm gonna do a bit of a deep pull for the Mets. Uh, David Jouse. <laughs> oh, Alonzo's. Uh... No one's gonna know who he was. He's a 62-year-old right-hander coming out of the Mets organization, and he throws... Did you say 62-year-old? Yes. He throws meatballs, but he's deadly accurate. And Pete Alonso... Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Fucking crushed. Did you see that graphic? Yeah, I did. Everything was, like, in the same spot. It was wild. That's an underrated part of the home run derby is getting a pitcher that can actually throw strikes. Like team sport. Yes. Otani got kind of screwed. Like, Matt Chapman, I remember getting screwed so badly. I remember Harper, when he was in it, like, three years ago, his dad was throwing him cutters. Yes. And it was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and David, I'm telling you, like, I noticed it during the game. Like, David Joss was throwing, like, I don't know if he put spin on it, but it was just hanging there. And it was going the right exact spot he wanted it. He hit him one time, but it's okay. Yeah, uh, there, was, there was one time in the second round of Alonzo's Derby where, like, he had been going on just a tear and then like it was a pitch a little outside and Alonzo took it. And I just realized like this guy has not missed like a spot yeah. once. Like it's crazy. It was insane, but uh, technically a rookie, but I do have another rookie. Don't worry. Guys. <laughs> Is that really your pitcher? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh I mean, my God. there wasn't any games. I mean, I guess. Yes, there, there was. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was the whole entire last week. All right. I don't know. At the Mets game, I saw Tyler McGill pitched. He blew my mind. He threw 85 pitches. He gave up four hits in three and two thirds. I don't know how that's possible, but he did it. I think he averaged. All right, wait a bit. All right, my pitcher is Robbie Ray. He is a 3-1-3-1-1 ERA this year. 11.8 Ks per nine, which is 91st percentile. Honestly, like what I can say about Robbie Ray, this is one of those things where like the stats just doesn't don't cover it. It's more just like he's been so big for Toronto. Like if you're thinking of that team without Ray. Then you're trusting Manoa to be your two-starter, which I don't like at all. I don't like any rookie as a two-starter. But if you can insert Ray as your two, where you as the one, Manoa can be a three. He's good enough to be a three. Pearson, and then Pearson, Mats, and Stripling can piece together the four and the five spot. So I think that's – if Ray can keep this up and be good, that's very important for the Blue Jays this season. All right. Cool. Any deep prospects? I have one. Okay. His name's Marcelo Mayer. <laughs> the Red Sox take Marcelo Mayer first round, fourth overall, but he's the best player in the draft, which I don't really know, but apparently he is. And the list that I said he had last week where I said I listed the top seven guys, Mayer was number one on those. So he was number one on my board. Red Sox get him at four. Bat first, super athletic. The, the thing that most of the stuff that people say, like, I don't really know, like, all right, cool, great, that's nice. The one thing that I heard that was, like, really excited me is he has, as of this moment, plus raw power. He has never lifted weights in his life. So he could be, like, 
a mega power hitter while also being a good hitter. Elite bat-to-ball skills, doesn't strike out, had one strikeout his senior season. He, I mean, what else can you say? Five still shortstop, absolute monster. If anyone is thinking this, it's incorrect. This doesn't mean anything for Bogarts. This doesn't mean that he's like on the way out. You take best available. If Meyer's coming up and is really good, you just either move him to third, second, trade him. There are endless possibilities that you can do. It doesn't mean anything for Bogarts. Yeah, I agree. I, I am not doing Kumar Rocker, but um, Kumar Rocker's Indian, so I know. Yeah, Respect. his uh, his mom's mom, I think. No, he's fifty percent. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's fifty percent Indian. I think I think you're right. I think it's his mom. Okay. Because Rocker is not right Indian, right. but Kumar is. That's my middle name. Fun fact: nice. Rajiv Kumar Melhotra is my full name. Hey, right, Kumar, get on the podcast. Come on. If we got um, Kumar Rocker, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be sick. Um, talk, real talk on people that we can get, and we should put this on Instagram on like who we should want. Yeah. Um. The, I have a friend who's a reporter for the Yankees. Oh right. Or his dad's a reporter for the Yankees. Also, I this may we may need to pull some strings on this one. Aaron Sabato is from my town. We may be able to get him. Henry Davis. Henry Davis, first overall pick. I actually went. I was at my friend's house. Was friends with him or knows him. Not really friends with him. Um, so if any of you guys are listening, we'd love to have you on. Yeah. By the way, our last podcast had like, there's no way they're listening. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Oh, my guy is uh Brett Beatty. He's like one of three prospects the Mets have that have potential. Uh he hit 309 in uh was it Brooklyn and high A? He got a 911 OPS. He is surprisingly deep. Uh, they were worried about his defense, and he's held up. He's held his own. I mean, it's high A, so who knows? He's supposed to play third base. If he could actually play third base at the majors, that'd be huge for us. But, I mean, he's still at least a year, more likely two years. Maybe it's time to call it next year. But Brett Beatty's making moves. He got called up to double A. That's why I'm mentioning him. I don't think he got a hit at the Futures game, but he was there. To, I, I was thinking, why do I know the name Brett Beatty? It's because he was one of the batters that was struck out by Reed Detmers. All right. So both, of, both my guys. Reed Detmers is a beast. I know. And then uh, the other thing is you said September call-ups. That's not a thing anymore. I just found that out. What? It's now September call-ups. Instead of your 40-man roster, you get two extra guys. It's 28. Why'd they do that? Because they, I, don't, I think that they wanted the minor league season to be longer. Mm. So, like – the AAA and the, like they're going to play in September now for an extra, I think, like three or four weeks. But you get to call two guys up. Yeah, that was so, so it's a twenty-eight fun. man roster. I know, I liked it. Having just like a bunch of dudes, man. Okay, John, you got anyone? Oh no, you said yours. I said Gilbert as mine. Steve, you got anyone? Uh, not really. Just do the wise guy. He's a rookie. True. <laughs> I don't think he's a rookie. No, he's definitely not a rookie. He's been around for a while. Oh, has he? Okay, my bad. Oh, yeah. uh, actually, you know what? Hold up. If we're doing a rookie and we're talking, we were talking about how the Reds have kind of made a last-minute push before the break. Uh, Tyler Stevenson uh, has started catching for the Reds a little, and he's been slashing 353, 371, 529 over 11 games. So, is that not the Stevenson that was on the Nationals? No, um, it's a different guy. He's uh, not a catcher. Yeah, no, this guy's a catcher. Steve, I've never been more impressed with you. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. The catcher on the Reds. 
He pulled that out of his ass. I, don't I was not expecting Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, I, I got a few tricks up my sleeve. I'm going to be honest. When you said Reds, I thought you were going to say Jesse Winker, and I was going to be like, he's not a rookie. <laughs> I was thinking, like, what rookies? I, I Wow. Bravo, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I've had too much time on my hands. When I'm not nice. working, I'm just sitting around doing nothing. But, yeah, no, he's been doing pretty well for the Reds. He's only played a couple of games, but – uh, he only has one home run, but that home run came in a big moment. He pinched hit and hit a home run in the eighth inning uh, to pull ahead of the Braves, and then they ended up winning the game. So What's, what's a couple games, Steve? How many bats does he have? Uh, I don't know. I know he played about 11 games, though. Oh, okay. So not that much. All right. But it's a good start, and it's been over – those 11 games were, you know, recently, so – True. That, that little push we've been seeing from the Reds, he's definitely been a part of. Nice. All right, debate time. Team of the decade. By the way, we have to define what is the decade. 2011 to 2020. Is it 11 to 20? Because that's correct. That's how it should be. Right. That hurts the debate, though. I was doing... You got to include 2020. out of it. All right, so you want to do... Tw- do you want to do 2010 to 2019? That's what 20, I did. 2010 to 2019 helps my team, so I'm okay with it. But I'm just a little lesson for everyone out there. The decades start with the ones. I get really annoyed about this. I get it's like one of my pet peeves. You could say team of the 2010s. Fair enough. Fine. That's fine. Okay. Raj went on a fucking rage one day in the middle of the union to me. It was, a, it was against Aiden, I'm pretty sure. And it was like Aiden was using terrible logic, too. Oh, really? I can see All right, surprise. Aiden Smith uses terrible logic to defend because, him. So. But the, the thing is that he didn't understand and that he kept on repeating is that the first year of AD is year one. And Aiden was like, no, it's year zero. I'm like, that's not a thing. There's no year zero. It's Bro, year one. So that's the we first year. That's, that's where you start. We were literally in the middle of the union, and Raj and Aiden are having this argument. I'm just eating my sandwich. Like, are we really arguing about what makes a decade? No, but I don't know when it came up, but uh, it was also a Jeopardy clue. And the Jeopardy, it was like the first, it was like this thing, it was signed on the first day of the century. What is that date? And it was January 1st, 1901. Oh, and I was like, let's go. They got, I was like, I was right. And I think I sent that to Aiden or something, but yeah. (laughs) So for the tangent, for the purpose of this debate, it's going to be 2010s. So 2010 to 2019. Okay. So that helps me because my argument is the Red Sox and taking 2020 out is big. Hmm. All right. So I'll just go with my list because I, I did one through 30. I think CC did as well. Uh, I'm only going to do like the top three. Uh, so the criteria I had is that you have to have at least a title to be considered team of the decade. Pretty obvious. Uh, you can't really have ever been like awful for a major stretch of the decade. So like that takes out like the Cubs, the Astros, the Giants, uh, the, the Giants unfortunately, they were bad for like, entire second half of the decade or the 2010s and mvps and cy young's help so by that criteria my top three boston number one pains me to say it but one two titles different parts of the decade entirely different teams pretty much uh and then obviously mookie Betts and porcello being mvp and cy young definitely helps their case uh two i had washington like if they don't win game seven of that world series they're down to 10 like that one game is huge for them, but because they were so good for so long, like in the decade and they had Scherzer and Harper, it was like to have them 
finally win it in 2019. It was, it was a nice end of the decade for them. It was a nice story almost. I was going to say, like, if when you talk about, like, character arcs in movies, I think one of the most interesting in baseball from this decade, I'd actually say is number one, the most interesting of the decade is Steven Strasburg. Yeah, went exactly. The number one pick, huge young player, had the injury concerns and injuries, then comes back dominant, wins the World Series. I think that he has one of the most interesting decades. Well, also the fact that he was a homegrown guy. They paid Scherzer yeah, the big yeah. money, and he was worth every penny of it. But he was the better guy, Scherzer. Like, he was the ace. And Strasburg was always the kind of forgotten, too. And the fact that it was him that won the uh, the World Series MVP, he was the one that won Game 7, makes the narrative even nicer. And also the fact that they did it the first year without Bryce Harper kind of adds an interesting twist to it. And that was enough to basically put it over number three, which uh, I have St. Louis, because uh, one title, two pennants, but they never had a losing record once in a decade. No MVPs or Cy Youngs, though, right? I don't believe so, no. There's no Who one was... that even is in consideration, right? Hmm? There's no one even in consideration. No, I don't think so. Like, Pujols was gone by yeah, that Pujols. point. Yeah. I, I agree. I would – that top three – I mean, if you're eliminating the national, the sorry, the Giants based off of, um, I have them at four for one Okay, um, I probably have the Giants up there. I think the Dodgers, obviously, actually not having 2020 really hurts the Dodgers, but I think the Dodgers were always good. Weren't? Yeah, the Dodgers were always good, especially like when you hit the second part of the decade when they start making those runs, uh, and it just seemed like something always just happened to go wrong. And then I don't they know, have, but I don't think that makes them team of the decade because they have two pennants too, though. No, only oh. one in the decade. No, they have two. They they lost to the Astros and the Red Sox. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. What yeah. am I saying? Hey, and then if you're, I was gonna I, say I mean, similar to the Nationals, just they didn't. What's win. up? The Dodgers are similar to the Nationals. They're good every year, but didn't they didn't win it? But the Nationals did, so that's what put the Nationals over them. I. I know if you're doing it like the mathematical way that you're right. It's just like in my head, for whatever reason, I just feel like the Dodgers were the better team this decade. Well, I have the Dodgers over them on my list. I'm just going off Sean. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think the, what the Dodgers have three Cy Youngs, couple MVPs. Yeah. They were the premier team in the league for the entire decade almost. Yeah. Did yeah. Matt Kemp ever win an MVP there? He won second. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's that, that, that for me makes them up there. Um, the Yankee question, where do they fit in? I have six. Okay. What do you have? Uh, I have them at eight right under the Dodgers. Uh, again, like the Cardinals didn't have a losing season, uh, made the playoffs seven out of the 10 years, ALCS four out of the 10, but again, no pennants, no MVPs, no Cy Youngs. You can't really have them much higher. Yeah. You I think eight. one rookie of the year. I agree with eight. I think eight's about right. Yeah. Um, like they were I remember, over there, but they never made that final push. Yeah. Actually, I feel like the better way to do this, I don't know why we didn't just do this. Does, do one of you two have your lists and want to just share it on the screen and we can just give you thoughts on it? Uh, I don't think I have it. No, I don't have it right here. Okay. But um, why don't just one of you count down? Keep going. Okay. Well, mine would be Red Sox one, Giants two, Cardinals three, Dodgers four. Astros five with asterisks next to it. I don't know, depending on what you want to count. Uh, Yankees six, Cubs seven, Nationals eight, Royals nine, Rangers ten. All right, well, we just, hold up. Yeah. I don't get the Astros being that high. 
Didn't they? Weren't they like the worst team in the league the first three or four they were years? The best team in the league for three straight years, like one. They were the best team in the league for three straight years, in my opinion. What is that? Fifteen to seventeen. Oh, wait, no. 17 to 19, they had three straight 100 plus win seasons. 18, the Red Sox are better than the 18. Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox are better. And then 19, I don't really remember 19. 19, they won it, didn't they? They lost to the Nationals. They were better. Right, than yeah, they had 107 wins that year. I think also we get biased by, you know, the whole cheating scandal. You know, you, you start questioning I mean, how, many of, how many of those years were they actually good and how many years were they cheating? Even though we all know they were actually good, just I don't know though, because. I feel like also they only won the one World Series. Uh, they won the one MVP with Altuve, right? That was their only MVP. Yep. Of the decade. And again, it was Cy Young. Verlander. Oh, yeah. Ver- well, Verlander, Cy Young. Which, in fairness, Verlander deserved it. But Keiko, right? I was talking more about Altuve. Oh, yeah. Keiko had one too. I forgot about that. He won that with uh, the Astros? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Well, two Cy Youngs. You know what? There's a good argument for them. I, I don't know. I think the like, Chiefs Steve kind of just changed his mind. <laughs> well, no, because I didn't. I forgot about the two Cy Youngs. No, I I think it's it it's it, I like people like you that are able to get new information and change their take. First, people like Aiden who will just will stick to their take no matter what. That's yeah, that yeah. annoys me so much when there's people like that. Yeah, so I respect I respect the the change I mean, of scenery. I think. But, a- Part of this list is when you see them in comparison to the names around them. Like I have the Yankees below them. You can't put the Yankees over them. Yeah. The Astros beat them in two ALCSs. Comparing the Cubs, Cubs are at seven. That's such a hard comparison. Like they also only won one, and they also had a very short dominant streak, like the Astros. I'd love to put the Cubs higher, but yeah. And then eight is Nationals, who I guess you could argue is higher, but in my mind. I don't value regular season as high as you guys, where they won the regular season and then they got beat bad in the first round. How many straight years? Seven, six years? And then they finally made the run where they had significantly less hope to go on the run is when they actually did it. But I don't know. I mean, the the elite years, they didn't look like an elite team. All right, let's get to the fun part. Who are you guys' bottom five? Okay. You want to go first, Sean? Yeah, so starting at 30 and going up, I had Padres, White Sox, Mariners, Miami, Colorado. Same exact, except I had Marlins 28, Mariners 27. Okay. They're kind of, I mean, I don't think, neither made the playoffs once. I think. White Sox really that bad. White Sox, yeah. White Sox didn't make it once. Padres didn't make it once. Marlins didn't make it once. Mariners didn't make it once. Those are the only four. Never made the playoffs. Nope. Rockies. Rockies are, are the lowest team that made the playoffs. I'm and, shocked that the White Sox never won the Central in those 10 years. That was the Indians twins every year. Tigers. Oh, Royals. Royals were good. I forgot about Tigers that. Tigers had their own. Like that middle section. Actually, now I think about it, the AL Central had a good decade. So, yeah. Um, the I'm trying to think. The Mariners, the Mariners had that one half a season with like Robbie Cano. I think they had like 86 wins. Yeah, and then, like, Felix Hernandez, I think, won Cy Young in 2010. On this slow, it's just, like, who had uh, over 500 seasons? I don't know if the Mariners or the Marlins had one. I don't think so, but honestly, the only reason I had them over them is just because they had Stanton and they had that outfield and they had a really talented team. It's just they went nowhere with it. Yes. In build rotation. Year, they, they went, what, 79 wins? Something like that. I mean – as far as accolades go, those two teams, Seattle and Miami, they're basically equal. One is a Cy Young, one has an MVP. It's going to be interesting comparing this decade, seeing if there's still teams 
like these bottom four that don't make the playoffs. I mean, I mean, that's just absurd. I think that other crazy thing is I have the angels at 25, which is really, which is one out of the bottom five. I think they have like a top, was it like a top 15 record for the decade and they didn't make the playoffs or did they make it once? They made it once and they didn't win a game. And they have like, I know the trouts never won a playoff game. Yeah. They got swept against Kansas city that year. Also has one hit in the playoffs, which is a home run. I don't know. I, do you not give the Angels credit for having what they have three MVPs, don't they? Because Trout. Yeah, but I, I just consider that embarrassing. Like they <laughs> could not build a team. <laughs> I mean, they did. They have wasted Trout and now Otani badly. Sure. Like people are talking about the the hype in your mind. Actually, I, it may probably not even a hot take. The best two players in baseball, you can argue, are both on the Angels Trout one, Otani two, Otani one, Trout two, and they are 500. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, Trout's hurt right now, but like still, Dude, yeah, but they haven't been able to win with either. And they also have like what Fletcher Upton's having a good year. I just Rendon. don't understand that. How does that franchise not understand that you need to have people that know how to throw the baseball? Their their pitching outside of Otani has a team ERA of five point five. Ah, success. Otani is three point five. The rest is five point five. You can't. Heaney's like okay, but he's a second. Who is? He's not a good second Heaney. starter. Andrew Heaney. I'd be I like if he's my four starter, I'm like, all right, that's fine. Bundy looked sick for like a week and then started throwing up everywhere. Yep. <laughs> Bundy's I'm gonna be honest, Bundy was like he was the number one prospect in baseball when he came or maybe number two when he came up really high up for the Orioles. And just like he's never put it together. Nope. Well, what happened was he got called up when he was like 20, like very yeah. young. He hurt his elbow and his velocity has been down ever since. He's not the same player. This was a very fun list to make, though. Yeah, I just, like, grinded it out. Like, I was just bored. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do all 30. I got the top right. 10, and it's like, I'm going to keep going. The hardest That's thing Steve. is, like, both halves of the decade, I feel like, had different teams who dominated. You didn't well, really why I didn't value what Sean was valuing with the Nationals as much. Because mm-hmm. I think short pockets of domination are a lot more fun. And, like, I was going to say, because if you're just talking about a half decade, like, the first half of the 2010s, it's the Giants. But then you go to the second half of the 2010s. The Astros. The Giants are comparable to most teams because they were, one, not dominant in the regular season when they won. I don't think any of the three years. They were in the wild card game at least twice. Yeah, and two, they didn't – they weren't consecutively good. Like They They never had back-to-back playoff years, and they somehow had a dynasty. It just makes no sense. They still won. Still, if you're doing the first half of the decade, who the best team is, you can't not say the Giants. It's still the Giants because you win three out of the five. Yeah. yeah. And then I think if you split the second half, it would be Houston because they didn't miss the playoffs. Or no, they had a winning record all five of those years and 300-plus winning seasons to end the decade. Second half, I would go Dodgers, personally. I would go Dodgers, too, for the Even half. without a title, I think three, three of the five years, you made it to the World Series. I'd go Astros. They went three ALCSs, one one. That's better than the Dodgers not winning one. I know. I just hate them. Yeah. Uh, just because they have the asterisk on them. I mean, I feel like that can't well, count yeah. for nothing. Can't count for nothing. That's, for me, that's what killed it, though, is, you know, if, again, they let, they had a good enough team. We know they they were making the playoffs regardless whether they were cheating or not. But how much did the cheating affect those big playoff games, right? Who knows if they weren't cheating, do they still win those games against the Dodgers? I I don't know. I, I just don't know. I think or the, the Red Sox or the Yankees, frankly. Yeah, like I don't know. They have too many question marks with that scandal to 
solidify them as the team of the second half of that decade? If we're going second half, I'm going uh, personally. I'm going Dodgers, Astros, Red Sox. Red Sox are also up there. Cubs were. I feel like other than their, the year they won the title, they've never been like seventeen. They were very good. They lost to the Dodgers. Okay, but in terms of like my personal power rankings going into the playoffs, how many playoffs have they been in the top four? One, two. I mean, going in like twenty fifteen. Going into the playoffs, I don't. I feel like they've never gone into the playoffs and been a heavyweight. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Outside of the one year they won. Outside it. of the one year they won it. Yeah. Twenty seventeen, I would say. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But, 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 but I'm comparing that to where the Dodgers, I think four of the years, I would consider them. The Astros, maybe all five, honestly. Um, and the Red Sox probably have two, maybe three. Yeah. I, at the same time, though, the, the Cubs did go to the NLCS in 2015 as well. So they went to three straight NLCSs. They went in 2015? They got swept by yours truly. Ah. All right. So – I don't remember that series at all. Maybe it was just because it was a dominant oh, series. Oh, yeah. the Cubs, Mets, and LCS. Yeah, I don't remember. That was when that Danny all. Murphy went off for no reason. But so I just want to do this for fun. So not including 2020. So let's just do 21 to 30. Who's the team? Who's going to be the team of the 2020s? The Marlins. It's got to be Pirates, no? <laughs> Orioles, definitely. I mean, Orioles are up there. The easy guess is a big market team. If it was a small market team, that'd be outrageous. Like the Rays would be so funny if it actually was them. I mean, I, I think I'm, wishful, I'm wishful thinking, but I think Red Sox are suited. Mets have a good ownership. Mets are also too. Padres, and, um, just because of the talent they have right this Padres. second. White Sox. I mean, I think the Dodgers have the best leadership in front office of the league, and they also have talent right now. With a, Their farm system is not as good as it used to be, but it's still good. I'd say... If I had to pick, I'd pick Dodgers. Braves are up there as well. They're so unlucky. <laughs> like they're just they're just such an unlucky franchise. Cardinals could always turn around. I mean, I'd today I'd say Padres, but if I want to go absolutely like nuclear take, how about Detroit? Because they have a bunch of like number one overall picks. They just drafted Torkelson. I, I mean, but they're so much worse at developing. I don't know. Like they've been rebuilding for like what three, four years now, and they still are just awful. Yeah. No, um, they're not awful this year. Really? Oh, no, not awful. They're, they're like third in their division, I think. Yeah. Minnesota's much their worse. Division, the division in general is awful. Besides, you know, no, but I, I think Detroit is like a slightly under five hundred, if I remember correctly. They are four, uh, forty and fifty-one. Okay, that's worse than I thought. That's they're fifteen games out of first. I mean. That division is just awful. Okay, that's bad. Oh, never mind. But I, I, I don't hate the Tigers. I also think Sean loves bringing them up. The Mariners have a great core. They just Cole can, ruin can it. hit. They have and Rodriguez, double, another double, top five double, prospect. Double. Yeah, they, the, the Mariners probably have the best, the second best system behind Tampa. Yeah. So, I mean, I they've also had like a 20 year drought of not making the playoffs. Maybe it true. all comes back and like balances itself out. <laughs> They just go on an absolute run. I would just say that the, the, I think the easiest way of doing it is I think the, a good front office and good talent right now. And when I think of that, I think of the Dodgers. I think the Red Sox personally. I think the Rays, but I think they're a low market team. So that puts them a knock below. And I don't think the Braves is a bad pick either. Or the Mets, frankly. Astros? 
their farm system isn't great, if I remember. I think yeah, that I don't know much about their farm system. I think the Astros are nearing the end of their window. Oh, Blue Jays. Blue. Oh shit. I right. I do not hate the Blue Jays actually. I Blue Jays are above the Red Sox definitely. I'd say the Blue Jays are maybe my number two. Good young core, and I think they have a couple good prospects, don't they? Yeah, they have Pearson, who's insane. Yeah. So and, Mano- and Manoa, but he's already debuted. I can see them being the team of the 2020s. I think if the really think about it, they have all of their players under contract for like four years, mm-hmm. and they're because they're all so young. And then Simeon and Springer were both signed to like four or five year deals. So in that time span, let's say I'm trying to think who is on the books that they're trying to clear. I don't know, but whatever it is. If they add a pitcher, that's a scary team. Mm-hmm. They just need a pitcher because they have Kirby Yates coming back next year, who I think may be a free agent. I could be wrong. But Kirby Yates, Simber, who they just got, Richards, we'll see how he is. If they have a lot of intrigue in their bullpen, plus, in my opinion, the best offense in the league, and then a okay rotation, I think, yeah, Blue Jays may be number one, actually. Yeah. I think they're one, year, they're one year away this year, though. Yeah, but I mean, if if they sneak one in, like a good run before they're supposed to, that's pro- that's setting them up for a really good yeah. decade. I think you're right. I think they're only like a pitcher away from really, really setting them up for the future. It's obviously way too early to do this, but who is the favorite in the AL East next year? Not the Yankees. Not Baltimore either. I'd say Blue it could Jays. be. You could say any of the other three teams, and you could probably make an argument. I mean, if Toronto is a huge free agency, they can definitely be a favorite. If they get I'd like a pitcher or two. Yeah, Scherzer's on the market. Personally, Same. I'm going Red Sox only because they're not. If this offseason they're losing in free agency, Adavino, Richards, Perez, a lot of contracts that you're happy are expiring. Pedroia's being number one, you have to clear that space. Um, the Red Sox, if they bring back Adovino, are losing nothing of value, and they'll have $50 million in space for this free agency. So they should be doing something to add on to this team, which everyone's coming back. Actually, I should have mentioned this a lot earlier. Matt Barnes just signed a three-year extension with the Red Sox. Three-year, $20 million. Good price. I was okay with it. Um, I should have mentioned that a lot earlier. Uh, I, I like them. I think Tampa's always good. And I think the Blue, I think the Blue Jays should be the favorite. I feel like they will have the highest ceiling just because, like, yeah. with a, a team with a young core like that, you never know. Like, they could just pull a 100-win season out of nowhere. So, with all that being said, I'm just curious. Like, we're listening back in 2030. I want to hear a definitive pick for team of the 2020s from everyone. Just for fun. Yeah. All right. All right. If you think Mets, I'm going Yankees. Fuck him. Oh, come oh, on. Oh, that's a, right. Come on. I have a reason. We have the richest owner in sports. I think. You just said like eight better teams, Steve. I'm sticking Yankees. All right. I'm going Red Sox, then. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but I have a reason. We have a young executive who knows what he's doing. All right. And, all right. And, and Heim, let's, I trust. Let's say our team and another team. Fair yeah, enough. All right. I'll go Red Sox and Blue Jays. Hey, at least. I really want to say Marlins or Mariners. But it's just there's just no way. I'm gonna do three teams, a dark horse. Okay, yes. Our okay. team, a real our team, and a dark horse. Team. Okay, I'll go our team, Red Sox. Yes. Another team, Blue Jays. No one say Dodgers, please. No one be boring. Yeah, no, um, don't say Dodgers. And then 
Dark Horse, Mariners. Okay. I'll say Mets, real team Red Sox, I think, Heim Bloom. They just I, they already put it together. I don't know. It's going to be too easy. And then three, I'll say Marlins. I'd say the Red Sox twice if I could. All right. I'm going Yankees for my team. Blue Jays, realistically, because we talked about the young core. They're only like, you know, they really just need to add a pitcher, and then they're going to be a true threat. My dark horse, I don't hate the Mariners. We talked about it. They have a good, they have a good system. They have a lot of good players coming up. I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I, I know it's my bias because of what I've seen the past 10 years, but. D-backs aren't a bad uh, pick either. Yes, they are. <laughs> you already have one year out. At three years from now, they'll be they'll be back in it. All right, so I that is like four years into the decade. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for my dark horse. I'm gonna go Rays only because Rays always seem to put together. I don't think they're ever gonna have like a dynasty. You know what I mean? But I think they always manage to put together a good team. So I can you can't say Rays is dark horse. Come on. Yeah. Why not? Let's go with Seattle. Because that's not an actual dark horse. How is that not an actual dark horse? Because the Rays were in the World Series last year. <laughs> All right, but it's for the future. We're not including yes, last they year. Have the, but okay, yeah. they were in the World Series last year, and they have the number one prospect system in the league. How is that a dark horse? All right, fine. I'm going Mariners. Thank you. All right. Same thing as Raj. And that's exactly what I didn't want to say, because then CeCe's going to complain. Everything I – you know what? No, I'm gone. Think there's 28 other teams. You, wow, he actually, he actually left. left. He actually just fucking left. I didn't even finish. So, um, I mean, my team, Yankees, I don't believe that's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see that happening. Uh, I'll go Padres as my actual pick, and then Dark Horse, fuck it. Let's go Detroit. Let's see Honestly, Casey Mize and Torkelson run the league. I don't hate Detroit, but I think that we want to do, like, we could do a bunch of superlatives now just for going ahead. Which team is going to decline the most? Mine is, I think, the Astros. Their window is going to close, and I think it's going to be ugly for a few years. I would say the Giants. I, I, depending on what goes on now, they might have screwed themselves royally by doing this and like not going for younger guys now that they just lucked out this year. Maybe not, but I'm going to say the Giants fall off a cliff for this decade. I mean, the Royals have been bad for a while. So, I mean, they're nine on my list. They're definitely going to be much, much lower. I can see them being bottom five for the decade. It's yeah, kind of one of those. I don't have any faith in the Royals this decade. Bobby no. Witt's good, but Bobby yeah. Witt. I don't. I actually, I remember. I remember thinking I should write this down. We shouldn't cover this now, but we can. I had. I was gonna do this. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks twenty-two to one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, and I was gonna argue like. Has there ever been this great of a divide between two and like the top of the league and the bottom? Like in terms of year well, in years past versus this year, I feel like the top teams versus the bottom, there's just a bigger gap than there used to be. I don't know. I'd be curious what the standings like at this point in the season would have looked like in 2018, because obviously Boston had the best record. Baltimore, I think, had to have had the worst. I mean, Arizona's 32 and a half games behind San Francisco right now. What? That's Let's- Let's actually see what twenty eighteen insane thirty two and a half like impressive honestly. <laughs> I think the Orioles were the worst in eighteen because they got Rushman number one next year. Yeah, so they definitely were, and obviously Boston had the best record in. Dude, the decade. I, I'm not even I'm not even in terms of record. I'm thinking like in terms of like talent because the Dodgers are the closest thing I think we've seen to a super team in uh, forever, and the Diamondbacks have like two players of note. 
Eduardo Escobar was their all star. Wow, that's tough. Like that's you don't have anyone else. Ketel Marte isn't he injured though? He's hurt. He's been hurt all season. Haven Smith. Uh, I'm I don't trying know, to. Like, I just feel like this year, especially in the American League, there's the good teams. There's like two in the middle, and then everyone else. Hmm. I would put Red Sox, Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays on the top, with the White Sox, with the Astros, and with the White Sox, uh, with the A and the A's. Those six, and then there's the middle of Yankees, Mariners, Angels. And then there's everyone else mm-hmm. and everyone else sucks. Well, I think that's something that the MLB has been worrying about is teams are getting away from getting caught up in that middle. It's either you want to be at the top or you want to be just getting rid of anyone expensive and getting younger. And that kind of hurts competitive wise in the MLB, just having a lot of bottom feeders that are trying to do the same thing. It kind of hurts. Like we need more competitive games. We need more guys like the nationals that just hang around hoping something goes their way and it did like i don't know the team seemed to be getting away from that i'm trying to think of a team that does that i guess like the angels incidentally do that the reds do it i think the angels angels, the angels have never been like i don't think they've been like the worst in their division in a while but they're never like competitive it's weird they're always like third or fourth because i think that people are starting to figure out like it's i mean the philly other sport i think yeah the phillies um I think the NBA has a much bigger issue in terms of this discussion. Yes. Because tanking has become such a ridiculous thing. But I mean, I'm the Red Sox going 24 and 36 and being terrible last year. I think a lot of fans were so mad and so angry. And I kind of got it. Like, yeah, we weren't going to be good. Of course, trade Mookie bets, good move. Like, we weren't going to be good. But I think that it's hard to sell that to a mainstream fan base. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to sell, like, we're not going to be good this year. We could be okay this year, but being okay is worth nothing. So we're going to suck instead. Well, I also would say that, like, you guys were the fourth worst team and you got the best prospect. The Mets were the 10th worst team. They got, like, the seventh or sixth ranked prospect. Like, tanking is not the same in the NBA where you get the best prospect in America. Oh, yeah. It's also you don't get – I mean, you're drafting a guy who's going to be playing – at the earliest two years from now. Yeah. Whereas the NBA, you have a superstar right there ready to play. Well, the talent gap between the first pick and the 30th pick in the NBA is unreal in that baseball. Too. For all we know, the 30th pick could be the best player in the draft. Exactly. Yeah, Mike Trout was 24th or 25th, the I think. Eighth round. I think, um, fuck, I want to find this tweet, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. It was the fourth round, I think, nine years ago. It was whatever year Mookie Betts was in the draft because it was Betts and it was two other superstars that all went in the fourth round just for like no reason. About, hold on. I'm now determined to find this. By the way, I like the podcast without Steve. Maybe we should consider just doing the three of us from now on. Nah, we can't do that. We got to have <laughs> we gotta have balance because there's two Yankee fans, two non-Yankee fans. Steve definitely has something that we need. Don't, yeah. I can't put it into words, but he has something. An extra chromosome? What was it that he left? I said his pick was bad. You said that I did. I was saying that you can't do the raise as a dark horse, which oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. you shouldn't be able to do. And you, and then you were like, oh, you just picked the Mariners, which was the same as the red as Raj's pick. And then that, for whatever reason, I, what the weirdest thing set him off. I don't get it. Oh my God. No, the best part was that we were discussing the top five 
And he was like, oh, I don't see Astros. And I was like, well, Keiko got a Cy Young. He was like, oh, you know what? I see Astros now. I was like, Not gonna lie, I totally forgot Keiko won the uh, Cy Young. Like, I, I had the Verlander, so I'm like, okay, they got their Cy Young. By the way, Steve, I, uh, you watch this over. How you doing? All right, I have it up. 2011 Major League Baseball draft. The fifth round had, let's see, ready? Mike Clevenger, mm. uh, Tyler Glasnow, Buki Betts, Brandon Woodruff, J.D. Davis, Tyler Collins, Anthony DeScafani, Marcus Simeon, and that's probably Blake Trenin. Trenin, the Dodgers guy. Yeah, I like him. That's all in the fifth round. And the first round, the first pick was Garrett Cole. Second was Danny Holtson, then Dylan Bundy, then Bubba Starling, then Archie Bradley, then Lindor. Like, it's so varied that the fifth round talent was better than the first round talent. Somehow. Click on any draft. Like there's always yeah. a guy in the top five who never made the league. There's oh, weird yeah. stuff like that all the time. Think about uh, the guy, Brady Akins, that was supposed to go one overall. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And or Mark Capel, who never made it. Fell off the map. Insane. Talk about an all-time bonehead move not to sign, by the way. Yeah. Um, like that's, that, he never recovered from that. Must have lost so much money. I mean, the first round slot value is eight and a half million. So he must have lost that. That's insane. Wow. All right. Oh, this is something else, but I totally forgot to mention this when I was doing the whole David Fletcher thing. So if you're not, not aware, there's the stat called ISO, which is slugging minus batting average. It's basically extra bases per at bat. Hmm. So for context, Otani leads the league. He's 419. Uh, Ichiro, who's more of a contact hitter, his career is 0. 0.91. Fletcher's is 0. .072, which is bottom five. Do you want to know who he's directly ahead of? Uh, Ronald Torres. No, I don't think he qualified. It's only of qualified players. The guy he's yeah. ahead of is Glaber Torres. <laughs> <laughs> and then Miles Straw, Kevin Newman make out the last two. Oh, I, so isn't, I, I just know that 200 is considered good. I don't I, – I just had the Otani there just because, like, this is the highest. This is the, I, I don't know really what that means. Like I saw. Four absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred is ridiculous. What's his slugging? Seven hundred. He's slugging seven hundred. I'm pretty sure. He's hitting like yeah. It's up near seven hundred, and his batting average is like two seventy eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's no, that's that's absurd. No, because yeah. just because I know because that when minor leaguers have an ISO under like one fifty, a lot of scouts say that that's a big red flag. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the things. That's one of the things that they look at. Um in terms of grading your power because you can have power but not home run power do you know what i mean i think glaber torres is a good example of that he's someone that can hit 40 50 doubles with his bat but he's not a guy that's gonna hit well he did hit 38 home runs so i'm wrong on that but you wouldn't think going ahead he's gonna hit 35 40 home runs you know yeah 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 that's just like crazy labor is bottom three in iso i think that'll wrap it up from us three at the Foul Territory podcast. Steve didn't make it all the way, unfortunately. That is the all first right. and will not be the last. <laughs> I, I think rage quits. We're going to have a few. <laughs> I'm probably going to rage quit at some point if there's a bad, especially all right, if the Yankees win a sweep the Red Sox this weekend. I don't think we're doing a pod next Four week. Four game sweep. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're not doing We're not doing an episode oh, next week. Cancel it. Cancel it. Because then every, all my shitting on the Yankees the last five weeks because goes right out the door. Yep. And right back at you. And right happens. back at me. <laughs> I mean, listen, you guys can four-game sweep us and we'll still be six games up. So it's all right. There you go. All right. I'll do it. Do Have it a good boys. weekend.
you next week.